0: إن الحمد لله نحمد ونستعين ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات عمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد أن لا إله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد أن محمدًا عبده ورسوله Indeed, all praise is due to Allah, and as such we should praise Him, seek His help, and seek refuge in Allah from the evil which is within ourselves, and the evil which results from our deeds. For whomsoever Allah has guided, none can misguide. And whomsoever Allah has allowed to go astray, none can guide. And I bear witness that there is no God worthy of worship but Allah and that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa sallam is the last messenger of Allah <clears throat> inna asdaq al hadith kitab the most truthful form of speech is the book of Allah wa khayra hadi hadu muhammadin sallallahu alaihi wa sallam the best source of guidance was the guidance brought by Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wa sallam wa sharra al umuri muhdathatuha and the worst of all affairs are the innovations in religion. كُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ For every innovation in religion is a cursed innovation. And all cursed innovation leads to misguidance. And all misguidance leads ultimately to the hellfire. Brothers and sisters, continuing with the theme of remembrance of Allah in our day-to-day lives. This is what we have been speaking about for the last number of khutbahs. After arriving at the importance of the remembrance of Allah, that it is the center of our ibadah, of our worship. Clarifying that remembrance of Allah is not merely saying, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah. And repeating that. Or Subhanallah, or Alhamdulillah. These are all phrases of remembrance. But when we consider remembrance as a way of life, where it is our means of worship of Allah through day-to-day living, then we have to understand remembrance or dhikrullah in the full sense. So we began to look at how we remember Allah in a day. We said that the first thing we do when we open our eyes in the morning, we have a dua, a form of remembrance of Allah, which the Prophet ﷺ taught us, wherein we thank Allah for bringing us back to life, after being in that state, a sister state of death. And we remembered Allah using the favorite verses of the Quran from Surah Ali Imran, which Prophet Muhammad sallam used to say when he got up in the morning. Then, From there, when we leave our beds, the next thing that is upon us is, most often, the call of nature. Answering the call of nature. That's what they refer to it as, going to the toilet. Of course, this is the nature which Allah has created us in. So it is answering that nature which Allah has created human existence around. It is an integral part of our existence. Answering that call is something we do probably more frequently than anything else in the day. And because of the frequency, it has importance. Therefore, Islam as a comprehensive way of life, provides the means for us to remember Allah when answering the call of nature. So Prophet Muhammad wasallam, he gave us a series of principles, du'as, words of remembrance, acts, which comprise the proper way of answering the call of nature. See, for a lot of people, they would find this, non-Muslims, would find this very strange. Your religion actually goes in to tell you how to answer the call of nature. Yes. Because... It is the religion of Allah. So nothing is left out. No aspect of our lives, our day-to-day lives, or our weekly lives, or our yearly lives, no aspect of our existence has been left without guidance. That's how we know Islam is the religion of Allah. This is one of the signs. Because when you go to the other religions, you'll find they cover some aspects of life and then huge aspects they don't deal with at all. (coughs) So they couldn't be the religion of Allah. Because it doesn't deal with all aspects of life. If it is from God, who created life, and knows all the inner workings and outer workings of life, then it makes sense that he would have provided guidance in all of its aspects. And that is Islam. So, Prophet Muhammad ﷺ taught us that when we go to answer the call of nature, we make a du'a. Some narrations begin with, Bismillah, in the name of Allah. Then, we say, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-khubuthi wal-khabaith. O oh Allah, I seek refuge in You from filth, and nasty deeds from the evil male and female jinn. Khubuthi wal khabaith has both implications. We, we are told by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi to seek refuge from filth and the evil jinn. Now, Bismillah of course, we know that this is our way of establishing consciousness of Allah prior to anything that we're going to do, especially things of importance. We say, in the name of Allah. Bismillah, it means in the name of Allah, I'm going to do this thing. What do we mean by in the name of Allah? Doing it in Allah's name, I'm going to the toilet in Allah's name. What does that actually mean? It means that I have accepted Allah's guidance in this regard. I thank Allah for whatever mercy there is in it. Because of course there's mercy. All you have to do is to speak to somebody who cannot go to the toilet. They have to have bags and other things. You know it is a major mercy. that He has provided a means of relieving ourselves with such ease. So when we say Bismillah, we are recognizing Allah's mercy within whatever activity we're about to engage in. And in recognizing that activity, or Allah's role in that activity, we also commit ourselves to doing that activity in the way which is pleasing to Allah. If we keep Bismillah in place, when we get on the internet, For example, we turn it on, we say, Bismillah. If we can't say Bismillah, because we're going on the internet to do things which are displeasing to Allah, then we know we shouldn't be going on. So this Bismillah helps us to keep things in check to make sure that what we're doing is something we will not feel shy to stand before Allah on the Day of Judgment and it was revealed to us, we did this. So it is Bismillah. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika. O Allah, I seek refuge in you. Turning to Allah, because He is the ultimate source of refuge. We in our lives do turn to others. We ask for their help, their protection, their support. We do it. But ultimately, if it doesn't come from Allah, لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله. There will be no movement, nor power, except with the permission of Allah. Those that we have called on will not be able to help us. No matter how close friends they are or how powerful they might seem, they will not be able to help us unless it is by the permission of Allah. So, we seek Allah's refuge. مِنَ wal وَالْخَبَائِثِ From filth, corruption. That when we are engaged in relieving ourselves, we don't do anything which is corrupt and filthy. In many of the toilets, if you look on the doors of the toilets, you see all kinds of corruption and filth. There are people going in the toilets and writing corruption and filth on the doors. We seek refuge from joining in, from reading, protecting ourselves from that. And people do all kinds of things there. People who may be used to using toilet paper, for example, they don't find any toilet paper there. So they do other things, which leave filth behind for others. They corrupt that place. And some might say, well okay, it's a public toilet. But no. The toilet is your toilet. You should treat it in the same way that you treat your own toilet in your own home. Anything you wouldn't do in the toilet in your home, you shouldn't do anywhere else. Don't find justification for it. Muslims should be known for the cleanest toilets in the world. That's what we should be known for we more or less introduced toilet culture to the world. Cleanliness was introduced by Muslims in Spain to Europe. But now, if a non-Muslim shows interest in Islam, Oftentimes we feel shy to take them to the masjid or to any of these places where they have to use the bathroom. We take them in there. Oof. We feel ashamed. Our toilet areas are filthy. They would drive people away from Islam. Because this is, this is what's up front. When non-Muslims come into our societies, that's what they see. Everybody has to. And to the call of nature. So when they enter into our toilet areas, and they see it in the state that it is, they are judging us. So this becomes negative da'wah. This becomes negative da'wah. We're driving people away from Islam by the way we look after our toilets might seem like something insignificant. Oh, toilets, it's no big deal. No, it is a big deal. I mean, I know personally why, because I came from the West. I grew up in Canada, born in Jamaica, grew up in Canada. So I lived in that society with that level of cleanliness. And then when I converted to Islam, and I went to the first masjid's, I started to get introduced to another level of cleanliness. And it was just because I had become a Muslim. And I was committed and keen to try to practice Islam, but I was patient with this. I was patient with it. I knew somehow it was a fault of the Muslims who... Were taking me to these places, and for me personally, it got worse. I traveled with Jamaat Tablir and went to the first Ictimah in the UK, Dewsbury, huge Ictimah, the biggest one, first one in the West, and there. Muslims from India, Pakistan gathered in a large numbers. So you can imagine what is happening in the masjids where people are a bit careless, but they do have a system of cleaning. And then you get tens of thousands and what those bathrooms were like. And I would say to some degree, that helped prepare me for going, because after I went back to Canada, I got a scholarship to study in Medina, and I went to Medina to study. And then I ran into bathrooms, and on worse level. But alhamdulillah, I from my jama'at experience, I was somewhat prepared. Because there were other students that came from the West to study in Medina, they didn't get any farther than the airport. They were getting back on the next plane and out of there. And then, I went to my first Hajj in 1975. And, Allahu Akbar, Astaghfirullah, I saw bathrooms on the worst level I'd ever seen. But alhamdulillah, because I was being prepared all the way along, I was able to handle it. But, there is a terrible bathroom culture or toilet culture that exists in the Muslim world today. So this dua is just a ritual. We are not living this dua. (laughs) Allahumma <laughs> inni a'udhu bikami al khubbathi wal We're not living it. Our bathrooms are clear proof that this dua is not being applied. Something so simple as that. Some people might say, but you're making a big thing out of it, a mountain or out of a molehill, right? No! It is a mountain. It isn't a molehill. It is a mountain. A mountain of bad evidence for Islam. Negative evidence for Islam. It is something which no doubt has turned off countless thousands of people from Islam. InshaAllah with Allah's will maybe, you know, they got back another way. But initial encounters... Believe me. They're not good. So this most basic du'a, which we, many of us don't even say it. Those of us that say it, we're just saying it. We're not living it. We're not applying it. So, remembrance of Allah... Is not just the ritual of saying, Allahumma inni bika min al-khubuthi wal-khabayth. It is about living, Allahumma inni bika min al-khubuthi wal-khabayth. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring the realities of this dua back into our lives. To bring cleanliness into our societies on the level that Allah wishes for us. I ask Allah to make it something important and serious, that we would go about trying to change what currently exists. Knowing that in doing so, we will be making the dua as it deserves to be made. Remembering Allah as He deserves to be remembered. اقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب فاستغفروه انه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاه والسلام رسول الله all praises due to Allah and may Allah's peace and blessings be on the last messenger of Allah. Continuing with remembrance of Allah while answering the call of nature. When we step into the bathroom we all know that you should step in with the left foot. Step out with the right foot. This is a part of remembering Allah in answering the call of nature. Step in with the left foot. Step out With the right foot. Now somebody may question, what does it matter? Whether we step in with the left or whether we step in with the right. Or if we jumped in with both feet at the same time. But what does it matter really? What is this left, right? You know, Islam is so picky because you know every little thing it wants to well we're going to step in with the left or step in with the right that's reality it's going to be one or the other islam has put some order and system into it that it is the left We are different from the animals. When the dog walks by the fire hydrant, he doesn't stop to think, should I lift up my right leg to urinate, or should I lift up my left leg? He just, whatever comes, he does. That's how he is. That's the animal world. There's no system, they're just one or the other. This is part of distinguishing ourselves from that animal world. That we bring some consciousness into everything that we do. To make it deliberate. Because now that we're conscious, it becomes a deliberate action. We're thinking about it. We're stepping in with the left, because Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that's what he did. That's what he taught us. So it's linking it back to the religion. It's giving it religious relevance. Also, if you stop and think, it is a reminder of the Day of Judgment. What happens on the day of judgment? If our book of deeds are given to us in our left hands, what does that mean? We're headed for hell. This is what Allah said. If the book of deeds is given in our right hands, then it means we're headed to paradise. So it is a subtle reminder of that distinction, the left and the right. And also, what it does, is as I mentioned, it trains us in obedience to the Messenger of Allah. Because if we can't obey Him in the little things, as small as that, then for sure, in the big things, we're going to have trouble. So where we have incorporated this into our daily lives, we're consciously choosing the left over the right here, and the right over the left when we eat, for example, other occasions when the right is favored, when we eat, when we drink, it's the right hand. This is all keeping us trained, keeping us in that training state for obedience to Allah when the big issues come. These are smaller issues, but yet there are issues. So we should know and be clear. When the Prophet ﷺ said, Do not drink with your left hand, he meant, do not drink with your left hand. So you don't pick up your glass with your left hand and then put your right hand underneath it saying, I'm drinking with my left supported by my right hand. No, you don't do that. Yes, it's common practice. Everybody's doing it. Even Mawlana so-and-so told us to do it. Sheikh so-and-so, he's doing it. But it's wrong. It is wrong. It is drinking with your left hand. But my right hand is, you know, greasy and dirty from eating biryani and... Regardless, that glass is going to be washed. Anyway, it doesn't matter. If you're worried, pick it up with two fingers. Whatever. But don't pick it up with your left hand. It's clear. Prophet ﷺ said, Shaytan, Satan, drinks with his left. In disobedience to Allah, he drinks with his left. So your drinking with your left is joining Satan in disobedience to Allah. So this culture must be opposed, broken. This is a bad habit which has spread all over the Muslim world. Or something so basic, as drinking and eating with the right hand has been violated. Violated by our cultural traditions now. <coughs> Take it seriously. It's not a simple matter. It is something that has built up over generations where it's become a way of life. But it is a way of life in disobedience to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Be sure. It is in disobedience. So for you to break this in your family, stop your children from doing it. Drink and eat with the right. Advise your parents, your relatives, to the degree that you can. Maybe they will accept it, maybe they won't. Now you are Wahhabi. That's because you went to this place of Wahhabism, you came back a Wahhabism. Wahhabi ways. No, but it's Sunnah, it's Hadith, Wahhabi. That's the response to truth when it comes, which is different from what was considered to be truth of the society. Label it Wahhabi. Means heretic, deviant, corruption. But reality, it is the sunnah. And of course, you may suffer other forms of abuse from your family when you try to introduce it. But know that whatever you suffer as a result of it becomes rewards for you on the day of judgment. Now, of course, it doesn't mean that you're going to hammer your people with it. You know, where you're on them all the time and you know, you're making people upset and everything. Okay. You carried the message, then after that you have to take it easy. Give them time to absorb and give the message in different ways. You know, maybe it's just framing the hadith. Do not eat and drink with your left. Hadith, Sahih Bukhari, Sahih Muslim. Frame it in a nice frame, beautiful, calligraphy and gift it. Many different ways. You try to change in the rest. But at least do it in your family. This is the start. You are a few hundred here today. If each and every one of you begins this, then ten years from now, Allah knows what changes can happen. But no, it is reviving the sunnah. It is bringing back the sunnah of Prophet Muhammad into our lives. Something so simple, but something of grave importance ultimately. So, this is the step. Now, the process of toilet manners, it involves a variety of other things. And inshallah, we'll continue it in the coming khutbah. But enough said so far that answering the call of nature is a way to remember Allah. Allah and it becomes recorded as ibadah if we follow the way of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and that is why allah told us inna allah wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabi ya ayyuhalladheena amanu sallu alayhi wasallimu taslima because he was the guide i ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring the importance and the status of Rasulullah wasallam back into our lives. To bring remembrance of Allah in each and every aspect of our lives. I ask Allah to strengthen our resolve, our iman, to take this on as the most important step in our lives. I ask Allah to make our future Ones which are pleasing to Him, by making our present a life which is pleasing to Him. I ask Allah to forgive what passed, what went before, what neglect we have done, what disobedience we have been engaged in. I ask Allah to forgive us, as He is the only one who can forgive sins. Aqibu salah.